Hey, Matt. Hello. Are you excited and ready for this epic two-parter? Not really. I'm ready to do this, though. Ah, fair enough. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. Um, These are always good because you get double the trouble. (laughs) In half the time. I'm trying to think, what's that stupid, like, gum commercial? Like... So anyway, this week we're going to talk about uh, ourselves a little bit. Um, Matt had this unfounded idea to learn more about me for some reason. Um, And did you learn more about me? I regret it it already. Yeah, that's fair. I wish I had the ability to be like you where I could unlearn memories. (laughs) Because I'm gonna, I'm gonna play that card right now. My Uno <laughs> avoid memory card. <laughs> uh, reverse time card. Yeah, uh. yeah, that's fair. So uh, yeah, uh, we're gonna release uh, two parter. So this is part one, and we are going to talk about Wait a some of the things. Oh. Let me check that math. Yep, this is part one. Okay, good. Oh man, you had me worried. So we're going to talk about some stuff about ourselves and uh, learn about ourselves, get really deep with ourselves. And none of that's true. You're going to learn a whole lot of stuff and probably waste a whole lot of time listening to this, but that's on you. You should have hit stop. That's true. There's some goats, though. And there's some horror-ology. Horror-ology. Right. Right. Start the show. Hey, welcome back. We are here. Welcome back. Oh yeah. I guess that's hopeful thinking, isn't it? Isn't it that the last time somebody listened that they came back? Yeah, that's exactly. fair. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Do welcome we back of, or welcome. Or welcome. Yeah, welcome first time listeners. Yep. And fuck you, return listeners. we're supposed to welcome everyone that's true well i guess if they know us they know that that's a welcome that's a heartfelt welcome that's as heartfelt as we get welcome um you aliens yeah Yeah. whoever whoever all everyone that would be i'm not picky i'm not either anybody that's willing to listen is my favorite unfortunately yeah yeah. right (laughs) right probably bored yeah that's true Um, yeah very bored reach the end of internet i guess that's the beauty of covid is everybody's reached the end of youtube it's like youtube is literally like i'm sorry i've run out of suggestions maybe this shit will appease you until somebody makes some new content (laughs) yeah (laughs) bear with us oh fuck just yeah that's what we're here for just turn the volume all the way off and just call it a 45 minute timer (laughs) <laughs> and by then some, one of the youtube channels you actually follow should have some content that's right yeah we're just we're just filler 20 it's minutes fine. 20 minutes in no alert there's a new cat video done yeah oh click away <laughs> switch switch to that yeah so uh how's so, your week oh uh, yeah it's been eventful yours 
You've been also eventful. You've been yeah. We'll keep it away. vague. We'll keep it vague. That's good. Yeah, can't uh, get in trouble of, if you say. Uh, huh? I just say you can't get in trouble if you <laughs> keep it vague. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, uh, hardly working or working hardly. Isn't that how it's <laughs> working hard or hardly working? Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Is it, this in the it front? Was my attempt at a joke. It was bad. <laughs> so I was thinking we left off last week on some kidnapped goats and some other amusing related things. Well, yeah. I mean, they are our favorite animal by far, especially when they're painted. That's why I have six of them. Oh, that That's true. What do you do? Do you just, once they become bigger, that they're not little baby goats you just trade them in for new baby goats yes trade them in <laughs> trade for them little in. goat patties <laughs> goat patty oh that is yeah that's pretty bad but what i was thinking is like we obviously covered the the legitimate goat but then there's the other goat the whole new i i, I haven't heard of the sentence before like a year ago with the whole like who's the goat the greatest of all time what Really? Is that news to you? I mean, it's, I don't know. Yeah, I think it is. I never really. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. It seems like that's been tossed around for years. Oh, well, we're about to. But I mean, like the scapegoat. Do you know who that is? No. He's like a up and coming. Well, he's been skating. Oh, no, I have seen. I have seen that kid. Yeah, yeah. I forget who he skates for. Leandre Sanders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where did I see him? I saw him recently. Barracks, probably. Video. He's yeah, crazy. So. He's so good. And he's skate one of those up. skaters like P-Rod that don't really have a, a stance. They can, they skate normally. Yeah, I may have seen the skate the um, the um skate competition between P-Rod and the goat. Oh, so good. Where it was like, okay, I'm doing it switch, and then therefore that's the easier way for me, so then I need to do it gnarly. Like, they were like, yeah, they, they really just mind. Like, they just stood there discussing how they were going to yeah. do it and what was fair. It was funny. What's fair of what's the harder way. I think, sure, yeah. It sure sucks to be that good at skateboarding. I know. What's the slightly less harder way for me to do that? So I'll do it the harder way and do it first try. It's like you could have just done all four ways. Right. <laughs> landed probably them all. could too. <laughs> right. That's probably the only fair way to do it is to prove that you could do it all four ways. I don't even remember why. The goat won that, I believe. But th- at that point, that type of, so that's just a who happens to hit a stone and fall. Totally. Totally. Um, okay. So we've, so I was, what I was thinking we would do is goat. be super controversial and be like, who's the goat. So obviously we just covered skater, but yeah. other than, so from our era, who is the goat of what skateboarding? I, I mean, what is our era? Because if well, you look at skateboard, legit- skateboarders while we were growing up, the obvious goat is Tony Hawk. Oh, see, I would okay. say he's the most successful and popularized, like built the sport the most. Yeah, that's fair. I'd say he's before our era, though. I'd say our um, era. Okay, is that's like, what I meant. Yeah, he was so still I'd, skating when we were skating, though. He was, but that was more half pipe. So I mean, I don't disagree. Yeah, he did. Work. Um, I, I'm thinking maybe more along the lines of who's the greatest of all time, like new street skating. Oh. Well, Nigel. But he was after. <laughs> was he? I he guess would, I would say he was. He was Some... like six years old and pro. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I guess he would have to be. But you're right. I think he's like 
like late 20s now so yeah. i suppose that so let's pick between let's pick fuck i don't know dude would have been in a skate video when we were watching skate vhs's uh bear with us people this is a really exciting topic yeah super well for skaters it might be 1990 to 1999 skateboarders go uh it's funny i'm drawing a huge blank uh like muska's in there but i feel like i just hated him the whole time just kind of douchey kind of douchey he was interesting he's still pretty interesting great skater oh jamie thomas yeah see jamie thomas was on the list for me i was gonna say him um i probably would have to go with costin though yeah that's fair that's a good one he was like the p rod before p rod was he always sponsored by nike uh p or sorry um costin is he yeah i thought he never was i thought he thought he was part owner of s or etnies oh really he has his own i think his was his was the first real pro model skate shoe wasn't it the costin uh yeah you're right so as of september 2018 costin is sponsored by nike okay nike numbers independent spitfire four star diamond supreme the barracks oakley jessup and skull candy just a few sponsors (laughs) yeah just just a few it's cool. I mean, we've talked before about the whole concept of selling out, and I don't think that selling out equates to somebody's finally a major company like Nike is now willing to pay you to rep their product in an obscure sport. Like that's awesome. Yeah, it's just like Tony Hawk making a video game. It uh it created a whole new um generation of skaters that probably stumbled upon skateboarding from that game. Yeah, it's true. I saw Did you watch the um the I don't remember what it was. It was something on that other person that I also don't remember. There, oh, Ryan Sheckler. It's oh a yeah, movie yeah, yeah. Where he talks about how like he did the TV show and everybody was like, "Oh, you're such a sellout. You're such a piece of shit." It's like honestly, I'm not doing this because I'm a dick. I'm doing it to introduce people to skateboarding. Like, yeah, yeah. It's tricky because he, as he's saying this, he's you know driving his 2023 Ford Raptor fully equipped and ripping it around california nine lambos sitting in his mansion and but so it's, it's but a, he deserves it's it tough but would he, he still do it, it if he didn't get paid like that though uh um, do you think he would do just like good deeds to get skateboarding out there uh i guess all you can do is well i would say yes i would say yes based on the premise that hearts in it when you're a teenager and you're not doing it for, i mean it's tough because I don't think at skateboarding at that point when he was a teenager, there was any other way to go about it in terms of like, it's not like, oh, do I go with Nike and make a million dollars or do I go with Etnies to be true to the sport? Like that didn't really exist in in the sense that like in music, you could be like, true. I could make shitty hits and make a billion dollars. Yeah, it's like I all could, the... Yeah, I could You're right. It's like, like all the skate punk bands we listened to in the 90s. Like, Precisely. None of them were making millions. Yeah, they did uh, it. One could argue they did it for the art. Um, yeah, that's true. But so I think based on the, like, the purest form, he was doing those things to get the sport out there at an age when most people would chase money. So yeah, that's fair. He's like Niger, right? Like Niger deserves all of his success from just being really good <sighs> at the sport that he's good at. You're right. And they both started super young. Like, I don't know, Sheckler was like 12, Mm -hmm. I think, when he turned pro. And Nigel was like younger than that, I think, 11 or 10. Um, Yeah, and they're both still 
like just destroy. I can't believe Shackler still skates like he does. I can't believe Bam Margera still gets on a skateboard. <laughs> it's true. He scares me every time he. I'm like, you're just gonna die. Although, well, I mean, that's probably coming pretty soon. Um, but although when I do see him on a skateboard, there, I did. I'm not even exaggerating. The last couple times I've seen him, because he was actually in the news a few weeks ago for some rant that he went on about um, uh, what was it, Jackass, and one of the new Jackasses, and he's not. He wasn't invited, so he's all pissed off. But um, I think I saw him there was some video they had posted during that of like him skateboarding. And I was like, is he wearing the fat suit from the jackass movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is oh, I know. Dude. I thought. It's bad. He's got, he's like, he took dad bod too far. Yeah. You know? He's definitely got the COVID. Yeah. What did I hear? Uh, I was like, he's got the COVID-19, the 19 pounds he gained since pandemic started. <laughs> oh fuck. Yeah. Don't we all? Um, but it's crazy. Who, like, I so think, you said sorry you said i would say i would probably pick costin costin just yeah. based on i mean i love jamie thomas like he would if i had to pick like my greatest of all time yeah. it would probably be jamie thomas um i love the whole zero skate company that he started it's very dark nature like anytime i totally. played tony hawk pro skater it was always it was always yep. with jamie thomas i and to some I, regard I used to envy your boards so much because you used to always have the zero skull deck. I or just the zero, uh, the bold. Yeah. Oh, I loved them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or Adrian Lopez skated for zero as well. It was just a cool team. Like at that point in time, yeah. it was yeah. as dark as I got. Right. Um, but your yeah, but, but from a, yeah, <laughs> super emo. But from a GOAT perspective, I think for our era, it would need to be cost and just based on his switch abilities. Right, like switch Fair skating enough. wasn't really that big. But well, I mean, it's not that it wasn't. A no, big it thing, sucked. I didn't even. I didn't even bother with. I didn't even dry. Yeah. Although Too I could hard. ride, I could ride Goofy better, which then I had to do the whole Mongo. This this goes so <laughs> well. Okay, so, uh, <laughs> I I wrote down a few notes here, and my first one was, uh, so you asked me what my scapegoat was. We talked about sort of you know, us skateboarding in our youth. I have no trouble admitting at all that you were a better skater than me when we were growing up. You, well, you got me into skating. True. True. So, Sorry, true. I got you into skating. There were certainly elements of skateboarding that you were better at than me. It was crazy. It was, okay. So not to steal your thunder. No, go ahead. No, that's fine. Oh, go ahead. I was go just going to say. No, steal my thunder. <laughs> Tell me how good I am. Pat my, <laughs> reach through the camera and pat my back. Um, yeah. No, what I was going to say though is I think there were elements that we were both better at than the other. And then there were elements that we were very similar in, like our manual abilities. Um, like your ollieing, ollieing height ability was a lot better than mine. Maybe some of my technical skills were better, but they made for like at least a decent game of skate or when we wanted to challenge each other, there was some challenge. It wasn't like we were on opposite ends of the spectrum. It's like, Oh, do this. Like I can't even do that. Well, you try this. I can't do that. Well, that was lame. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so <laughs> oh, you just fucked my question. But my question was, what was it like to be better at skateboarding <laughs> than me? <laughs> like, I don't know. I felt like everywhere we went, I was always too uh, too chicken shit to try stuff and like to really uh, like put myself at risk, like hurt myself. Yeah, I get that. Um... And the seven set behind Denny's, 
is sort of the one that I remember the most. There was also the one by the Great Canadian Bagel, I think, that uh, you may have attempted. I'm not 100% sure, but like all of those big, I was like comfortable with three stairs and four stairs mm-hmm. and you would always like push it five and six, and seven, and that gigantic CIBC drop and stuff. I was well, terrified yeah. of all these things. So the five and six set were probably my limit. I may have done the one at the Great Canadian Bagel. I do remember. I don't know if you landed it. I just, I feel like you may have attempted it. I would have definitely attempted it. I don't think I've even landed that one. I remember uh, a certain somebody kicking his skateboard through the window of that place, though, and then getting his that ugly yep. green, green car and driving yeah. away. Yep. Um, and but yeah, that CIBC set. I love the idea, or not set drop. I love the idea of it, but I never actually could do it. I feel like the six set was my mark. Like I could do a six set. Yeah, because was Denny's yeah. a so six? So what set? was it like being better than me? <laughs> like I wouldn't have ever even considered a six set, dude. Well, but I had the confidence that I could do it. I could probably have done a seven or eight set, but it would have meant eating it. <laughs> A number right. of times to get to that point, and I would never. So, like similar to you, I had my limit, and I'm not pushing beyond it. And I mean, don't get me wrong; I'm not saying I nailed the six set every time I tried it, but I would also a couple just times kick it out if there was never a attempt roll out crash. It was just either kick or try right. or roll out like a kick out. Yeah, it's funny. Like I got. Um... I tried to get both my kids into skateboarding. I only got the older one in, uh, but he is in strong and hard, like loves it. And uh, he's getting genuinely, like he's already better than me, I would say. Oh. He's got his board slides down. He's got, uh, he's working on big spins and stuff. Like he's getting really good. Um, but I showed him, my, I can do a nollie shove to manual and nollie shove and all these sort of weird tricks that I shouldn't be able to do, but I can do them. Yeah. And uh it, it like I get a look of surprise from him every time and like envy. And that was, that was me when we were skating and you would like, you know, I think you had kickflips down better than me. Um, at a time. And I remember really envying that. So it's like, it, it was cool to be on the other side with, with mm-hmm. my kid where I was like, yeah, look at all this <laughs> look at what awesome I stuff I can do. Yeah. I felt I could, uh, I could, I always had my times, like I could mimic certain people. Like when I first moved to Ontario, the first year that I was here, there was a kid who had just like the, the most Andrew, what's his name? Um, Reynolds. Yeah. The Andrew Reynolds front flip. Like this kid had his kick flip and his front flip down pat, like just, it was money. And so watching him kick flip is where I learned how to do those kick flips. So when I came back there, it was like, I could like the behind the superstore liquor store, that drop where I kicked off that it was 100% from watching him and just visualizing it. Interesting. Yeah. I was, I was super happy to land that kickflip off that drop once. And for like that people a- listening, it probably sounds like this is way bigger than it is, especially it if you're not into skateboarding, but like that drop was like, what? Two Knee feet. Height? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe 30 inches. It was just cool to do a kickflip off a drop as yeah, opposed to just on like on flat ground. So that's true. But you're right, like that ability to, because I ride goofy really well, like I snowboard goofy, um, but then I skate, I can ride well goofy skateboarding, but I can do my, I do all my tricks regular. I have, I'm kind of like you, I had that ability to do some tricks that people would never expect somebody to be able to do at my caliber, like two or three tricks like that. 
I remember going to Saskatchewan and being at the skate park and uh, I just put my board on, like brand new board. I wasn't really used to it. And I'm kind of skating around. I'm looking like an idiot. And these people are like, all these kids are like five years younger than me. Like, oh yeah, I was this guy. And like there was one kid's blunt sliding this little rail and crooked grinding. Like they're decent. These kids are decent little skaters. And I remember doing, I did a, what was it? A fakey ollie down a rail down, kind of like a, down a ramp and like they it got all their attentions and it's like you say it feels great because it's like that for me is just that's a standard trick my board slides i practiced for a very long time and then i remember there was another side that was like a drop in and it went up and it it was like a one foot maybe one and a half foot step up and it kind of curved around and this one kid the whole time was trying to like ollie to manual it ollie to manual he couldn't get it and then finally like after i did that board slide I went up to the, to the top. They're like, oh, hey, man, that was a good trick. I'm like, oh, yeah, hey, thanks, man. I'm like, not going to tell me I can't do anything else on this board right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this kid's trying to get these manuals. He's like, oh, man, this thing's so frustrating. I can't get it. Actually, come to think of it, there was a ledge down the left side of that drop-in that some kid was doing nose lies down, and he was doing them. he was doing them as easy as somebody would pick up a piece of paper off the ground. Like, he could just nose slide this thing like there was no tomorrow, and that's how I learned to no slide really well because I was watching him like the only connection is his front foot on the nose yeah. and his right foot's basically not even on the board. So that's where I learned to slide them really well. Weird. But then I remember I was like, oh, I should try this manual. So I like I tried to ollie manual. Maybe I manualed a centimeter. Like my ollie to manual is trash. And it really? just kind of comes. Oh, I because I can't, I don't ride that way really well. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then I dropped in and did a 180 switch manual and switch manual the whole thing, like second try. And they're like, whoa, man, that's dirty. I was just like, oh, yeah, you know, like, hey, thanks, man. <laughs> Meanwhile, like, yeah, no big deal. I can't manual a parking space like right. regular. So for me, though, like, it was always, I knew the joy of landing a trick or like nailing a trick. Like in my youth, there was no greater feeling than nailing something down for the first time especially after putting tons of effort into it like i remember trying to board slide that rail at uh millennial millennium park millennium place whenever millennium place and it was like the clock was ticking this the lights were going to go off and i kept trying and trying and trying and then the lights went off and then i nailed it after the lights went down like that's the greatest feeling oh totally so i think for me it was always just i wanted to push you because i wanted you to have that experience right yeah, and I did. I uh I I focused on the tricks that I was comfortable with and that I could I that I knew were within my abilities and skills and stuff, not not you know, go from well, it's funny cuz like I learned how to ollie fairly early and then I I practiced shovets and I was like those are too hard. I'm just going to skip that and went on to kickflips and semi got those and then you know we started learning grinds and whatever else and that was whatever that's where it went so even to this day i think i landed my first regular shove it ever when i was outside <laughs> skating with my oldest kid As an adult. but I, i've been able to nolly shove it for you know 20 years yeah it makes no makes sense it easier. i think uh like don't get me wrong i don't think i was a capable enough skater to land all the different tricks um but i was the same way like i wanted to go out and do tricks, push them maybe like to do them off of a set or to do them in a way that's more challenging than just on the ground. But I didn't really care to be like, oh, I've 
nailed that trick now on to the next one like i wanted to go and land tricks and have fun not right. bust myself open i mean i bust myself open trying to do those tricks so yeah. i didn't need to go the extra step to do something i wasn't gonna enjoy right yeah no i hear that so on the skating thing though the thing that's i, I kind of noticed um and i don't know if it's just everybody has their interests and things evolve as you get older but i definitely found that in our generation coming up as a skateboarder, you saw that like everybody rides for whatever airwalk or like the main companies. And then all of a sudden you look at a guy like, um, Oh man, I'm terrible with names. The DC kid or the guy who rides for DC, uh, Rob Dreideck. Oh yeah. yeah and it's yeah. like, there's a guy who got into it and started DC and started alien workshop and like became more on the business side. Cause he was a good skater, but he wasn't, he wasn't as good as some of the others. So I feel like skateboarding and seeing that culture of like, oh, now all of a sudden so-and-so's got his own board company or his clothing company. Like, hey, you can become a business out of your your passion. I bet that evolved just because skateboarding, at least in the 90s, was a bit more of a niche sport, especially street skating. Like vert had its time in the mm -hmm. 70s and 80s. And street skating, while it was popular with skateboarding, yeah in the nineties, it wasn't a moneymaker. No, there was no true. such thing as like street league or, you know, X games came on a little bit later. Um, so I think that was purely out of necessity for the skaters who were like good enough to have their name out there, but not good enough to get paid, you know, a million a year for skate parts. It's true. Yeah. Or they, they just saw the reality that, Hey, if I want a cool pair of trucks or cool design boards, I'll just start my own company. And I mean, and that was that at too. a time when it's not like now where it's like, Oh, buy. Like I want a bunch of blank boards painted in this fashion from China. Yeah, sure. A penny a unit. Do you want a million or two million? Like yeah. back then you had to really probably do some groundwork to try and figure out how to start that stuff up. But well, it was probably yeah, just passion you... of wanting your own brand and your own stuff. Could be. Yeah. And I think there's also the longevity concerns with skateboarding too. You can't true. do it for 40 years. <laughs> yeah, your, that's true. Your body just, I don't know, some people, I think Tony Hawk can. So I yeah, guess that's not fair. Apparently but... some people can. Yeah, but no. To your point, I think there was a reality that you're only going to go so far. So no different than the like in the music industry, you start your own record label, or you know, you attempt to do things like that, become a producer. I could see it making sense to want to start your own company. Yeah, it's true. I guess it's similar to now too. How like the whole artisan concept, everybody wants to be small scale, do their own thing. I Maybe mean, I get something to also to add a passion to the thing you're passionate about. Yeah, to add a passion to the thing you're passionate about. Like in terms of, yeah, you like skating and you have a specific style of shoe that you think would look good. So why not sell it to others? So like you're passionate oh, about true. it, plus you can spread it, spread the wealth. Yep. Yep. That's true. You, uh, you brought up, uh, your time after moving to Ontario. How was that? Uh, <laughs> it's funny to say that I was thinking, I was reflecting that. <laughs> I mean, how many times I, I, I could not count the number of times I was in the principal's office or on suspension when I lived in Alberta. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and did that change immediately yeah. when you moved? I went to the principal's office a total of two times in all my time I lived in Ontario. <laughs> That's funny because I think you moved in grade 11 and you had grade up to grade there. Yeah. So you had two years, two times in well, the principal's 11, 12, office. three years. 11, 12, 13. Sorry. Yeah. Ugh, counting. Um, <laughs> I'm rubbing off on you too much. That's right. Yeah. Uh, 
So three years, two visits. Okay, fair enough. Um, and so both of those visits were related, and they were not to be in trouble. So when I when I first started, oh, you're hitting on the principal, yeah, were you? He was a cute guy. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> well uh, then, okay. well then, no. Um, when I first got there, I registered for all the classes I wanted to go into, and I couldn't get into one of them, so they stuck me in drama. <laughs> And I was cool. I could see you doing well in drama. Can you? Yeah. So the experience was basically drama, fourth period, whatever, fifth period, the last period. Like, there's no effing way I'm going to drama. So I skipped it. I think so. We would have started on a Tuesday, right? You start after a yeah. uh, long weekend. And I think the Monday or Tuesday, the principal called me into the office and he's just like, What's the deal? I'm like, I do not do drama. Like, sorry, man. I'm, you need to put me in something else. He's like, I know, I know, you know, we looked at your transcripts and everything when you transferred over and we know, you know, there was these other courses you want to get into, but we couldn't get you into them. So you're just going to have to bear with it unless something opens up. Like, okay. He's like, just, just try it. Like go the rest of the week. Let's touch base on Thursday. Yeah. That would have been Monday. Let's touch base on Thursday. We'll see how it goes. I'm like, okay, fine. So I went that Monday and it was, I don't know. It was actually it was actually a pretty decent split class in terms of male and female, which I was surprised. And it was just like, okay, let's practice breathing. Like, oh, oh. and I'm just sitting there looking around, like I'm not breathing like that. And right. then it was like, okay, let's get it. Let's break off into pairs and like do some vocal exercises, like la 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 la. And this guy's looking at me like just nailing it, like la 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 la. La, 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 la. He's like, okay, your turn. I'm like, I'm not doing that. He's like, come uh, on, man, it's, it's perfect. You get your vocals worked out. I'm, like, I'm going to the bathroom. And I left. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> sounds, that about, sounds about right. So Thursday, I get called back down to the principal's office. He's like, so how's it been going? I'm like, I don't know. I haven't been going. <laughs> been going. He's like, oh, oh, man. He's like, well, we don't typically give like spares to our grade 11s. I'm like, well, I don't know what you're going to do but I'm not going to drama class. So he's like, well, that's fine. Then you need to be off the school premise the second that you're done your last class. I'm like, that's not going to be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> what did your parents think of that? I don't think they even knew. They didn't really care. Oh, really? I mean, I think I they, were they, just, were. they were just, they were just happy that they weren't getting calls from the school saying Matt's in trouble again for some other yeah. reason. <clears throat> yeah. No kidding. Matt found another kid here named Casey and things are going downhill. But it worked out for me. It was nice to just be able to leave walk home of course i lived on the other side of town and i wasn't waiting for the bus so but got me in good shape i walked to and fur walked home from school every single day i guess and then i got a job which was awesome so yeah what was it like how, how was your year year that i left because you and i were like attached at the hip for grade 10 which was amazing and that's probably yeah, grade... that's the biggest part of the reason why i was never in trouble i had no one no one to actually have fun with. have fun yeah. with yeah, no, I, I felt that for a brief period of grade 11. It was weird because, like, you and I had left or um, got an exemption to go to a different high school than what we were zoned for. So everybody that we knew that we grew up with, because uh, you started in, in elementary in, like, grade four? Five. Uh, five, halfway through five. Grade five. So you and I had been friends basically since, like, grade six-ish. Um, and to grade five, grade six, something like that. Um. And so we went to the same school with the same kids for, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and then total sideways uh, with our buddy Carmen. Uh, and it was really just the three of us. And 
we made some pretty awesome friends in grade 10, had a really good time. It was like a really cool year for what most people are like terrified of their grade 10 experience. Cause it's like high school. It's their entry into high school and you know, new people and you're the bottom of the totem pole and <laughs> whatever that whole thing. Um, but I had a blast yeah. and then you moved. Yeah. You piece of shit. And then grade 11 started super like weird. Cause it was, I was coming back. Uh, my buddy left. Carmen and I got a little bit closer based on necessity. I think more so than, you know, natural. It was like, Carmen, I need you come back. And uh, as we've discussed in the past episodes, I'm kind of a shitty human to my friends. So he's like, well, uh, well, well, you come crawling yeah. back, dude. It's been seven years. <laughs> I, I know. I know. I'm sorry, Carmen. Uh, so much better of a person than I am still to this day. Um yeah, so we got to be closer as friends. I ended up picking up um, guitar a little more seriously in grade 11, and that's when I met Eldon and got into the whole band thing. Um, so grade 11 actually ended up being rock solid for me because it I like I didn't have my skate buddy anymore, so I focused. I took my focus and my passion for that hobby and put it all towards music. And uh, Eldon and I clicked really well, and we met Brad and John and formed... Um, formed a band and, you know, played shows and jammed and wrote songs and all that stuff. And it was like, it just sort of took off from there. And that dictated the next uh, five, eh, more than five, eight years, I think, of my life, just playing music and doing shows and focused entirely on music, basically. Yeah, so that's, uh, it's pretty impressive that we segue as well as we do. And we'll just do a side note here. Um Casey and I talked about, well, no, Casey and I talked over the last maybe day or two, because it's been seven days since we did the last one. Hey, do we have any ideas for tonight? No, or for tomorrow? No, not a freaking clue. I'm busy. Okay, me too. Let's wing it, I guess. So we talked about doing a, a get to know you episode on things that we don't know about each other. Um, and funny enough, the, the first thing I wrote down was let's, let's explore and talk more about your bands. Like how many bands were you in? How much did you travel for your bands? Because I never really knew that side of you. Oh, like, yeah. At that point, it, we were in school. So it was like school was school. The week was the week. Calling Alberta was 75 cents a second. So <laughs> we would just be yeah. like, all right, we'll connect in the summer and spend two or three weeks together skating and having fun. But other than that, we weren't really that connected. So I know that that period of your life was a very big band focus. And I think I found out very, very far after the fact that you traveled to like Detroit or something. And I didn't even know, and I was pissed. So, oh, that's I'd funny. Be interested to hear all that. Uh, yeah. So throughout, so grade eleven, which would have been what ninety nine. Yeah, to, that would end in ninety nine. Yeah, um, ninety nine to two thousand and three. Was in a band called Timeless, and that was with Brad and John, who were still friends with, still still good buddies. Um, learned how to be in a band and songwrite and collaborate and fight and love and I don't know everything, all of it, all the stuff you uh, do. Circle drink, what? Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Learn to <gasps> learn to fight with the drummer and it's a spoon. It's a spoon with him too. <laughs> right after, uh, it's makeup. Um, yeah. So that band, uh, we man, we recorded. I think three albums, maybe four. I can't remember. 
Um, one was a live album, which was just atrocious at a music store. It was so bad. Um, <laughs> what music store? Like an AMB Axe. Axe oh, music. Axe. No, no. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, they, they like had this thing where they bring in indie, or not That's indie bands, cool. but you know, like local young, bad talent. And we went in and <laughs> recorded, I think, four or five songs. But like the recording was garbage. They had uh, Eldon's kit plugged into like some sort of trigger. So all of his, it sounded electronic. It was just the weirdest thing. Um, oh, that's funny. It sounded, it sounded really bad. That is not good. No. So as a we music went store, as, that's something they should get right. Well, right. They're, yeah, exactly. They sell, they sell musical instruments and recording gear, but I, I don't, might've been mostly us. I think I would blame us before I blame them. <laughs> Touche. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, the coolest thing that I got to do with, with Timeless, I think, uh, well, the funniest thing, uh, the most memorable as, as we've discussed, uh, I don't remember a whole lot of things, but there were things that I do remember were big and made a huge impact. We got picked somehow by someone to go and play a show in Saskatoon at like this bar, which was attached to a hotel or across the street from a hotel or something, but it was like somehow connected. So if we went and played this show, we got free hotel rooms for our bands and like drinks and food and everything. And it was so awesome. So we are like, yeah, let's make the trip. We got paid um so we drove to saskatoon with another like a buddy band of ours uh called borks um and they're like the the like they're all individually class clowns so when they all when we all get together it was just oh, a no. nightmare in a hotel yeah in dude Saskatchewan? and we had rooms Uh-oh. right down the hall from each other it was it was mayhem but uh so we went there we played the show we got set up we did a sound check at like 3 3 p.m for like four people, uh, which was, you know, fun or whatever. We were like, yes, people are here for our sound check. And then it was our time to play at like eight or 9 PM. And we played again for the same four people. And, uh, oh, it was so bad. (laughs) We've been waiting for you to return. Yeah. And, uh, and then we went back to our hotel and luckily didn't get kicked out. Uh, (laughs) said, yeah. Uh, that's not going to get into the details of what you did in the hotel. Oh, I still got video of it, man. It was oh, so good. <laughs> we had a good time. But you don't put you don't put teenagers in a hotel out of town. No. Like nothing good can happen. No, that. that is definitely not true. It's, or that is definitely true. Like I think of um, what's coming with hockey travel and my kid and hotel rooms. It's a nightmare. Oh, <laughs> let bet. alone a, let alone a band that's there unsupervised. Exactly. Unsupervised. <clears throat> so did did you not, was there like bands that came on after? Were you guys like opening act and then other people came on? It was just us just... two. Oh, wow. Just the two bands, yeah. And there was only four. Oh, that's yeah, sick. I don't know if they expected us weird. to, like how do you oh. expect to bring a, 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 you know, two bands from Alberta to another province and bring a crowd with them? Yeah. That's not how that works. Yeah, it's one thing if you're 35, but clearly you're yeah. like maybe a couple people might travel, but that's a pretty big deal as a teenager oh exactly and cool i don't experience. even know we might have been 18 we might have been 18 i'm not sure that'd be a cool experience though it was neat and then so after that following that i think in 2003 or so um i i honestly didn't like playing bass i played bass in timeless but i i always loved playing guitar and i did some singing in timeless as well but it was you know sort of a side effort so i just got tired of playing bass so i 
I left and I still have, you know, it's, it's still weird because I'm still buddies with everybody else from that band. And, um, Eldon and I ended up forming a new band. Um, so sorry, did you, were you the cause of the breakup of the band or did they continue on without you? Ooh, controversy. I guess you're going to have to tune back in next week to find out. Thanks for listening. Thank you.